Thanks for tuning in to JR's Hunt for Life Suicide Prevention Podcast, Safe Talk, with Jenny Hunter and Billy Floyd, where there are no judgments and talk saves lives. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for yet another episode of Safe Talk. Billy Floyd checking in with you, and I have, of course, Jenny Hunter. Jenny, how's it hanging with you? It's just great, Billy. Um, It's been a little windy where I live, but that comes with this type of season, so I'm indoors and nice and cozy and warm. (laughs) The Wyoming wind remains undefeated. Beated 40, yeah, 50, 60 miles per hour. Who the heck knows what it's going to be, but you battle <laughs> through it. It's a great place to live. I love that state, and Casper's the best. And what's also the best is this podcast right here, Safe Talk. We are cruising right along. We are really hitting stigma. We're going to talk more about stigma today. But before we do some more diving deep into stigma, of course, we got to lead off with a little bit of a plug. I'm Billy Floyd, as you all know. You can email me at williampeariedfloyd214 at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at OneBillyFloyd. And we start every conversation with our plugs because we want this to be back and forth. We want to hear from the community. We want to hear from our listeners. Who's ever tuning in, we want this to be an overall group where we can be our safe people for each other. We can tap into each other's lives if we need help, if we need assistance, whatever it might be. We're all in this together. And Jenny, now you have to share where everybody can find you so we can all be doing it. Of course. Well, my email is jlh35 at hotmail.com. I check that throughout the day, so feel free to email me whenever. Um, We're also on Facebook, JR's Hunt for Life, and on the web. So you can message me. You can reach out at any of the Facebook sites or the web page. We are all over the place, baby. And right now, right in this very moment, we are right on the call to deliver more facts and just our insight and experience with Stigma. So, Jenny, last time we talked about the seven things you can do to reduce stigma. I'm going to read all seven, and then I'm going to let you go crazy on it. So here we go. (laughs) Seven things you can do to reduce stigma. The first one is know the facts, educate yourself about mental illness, including substance use disorders. That's number one. We also have be aware of your attitudes and behavior. Number three, we have choose your words carefully. Moving along, we have educate others, then focus on the positive. The penultimate is support people. And then last but not least, we have include everyone. Jenny, those are seven very powerful lines we just got through. What else do you want to add? I know we talked a lot about them last week, but before we move on to maybe more ways to help fight stigma, what's your final takeaways from those top seven? 
Well, Billy, what I uh, deduce from all of this is that this is everyday behavior. It's not something that you have to change in your life. It's not something that you have to remember to do specifically. It is something that you do every single day. Your behavior, your attitudes, what you know, what you educate yourself with, how you speak, um, how you view life or listening, focus on the positive, how you support people. We all support people, maybe not everyone, but we have people that we do support and we do include everyone in our daily lives. So this is all just another day in your life, things that you do every single day, probably most of the day, don't you think? I definitely think so. And I think a a huge part of this is something we always talk about too is just no judgment. There can't be mm-hmm. any type of judgment. Everybody has their past. Everybody's done things that nobody else knows about. I mean, Jenny, how many things between you and yourself do you know about you that literally nobody else knows. Maybe a few certain people know little tidbits of certain deep, deep things, but the truth is, is like only you know. So you have no right to judge anyone else because you know for a fact you don't want anybody to judge you. That is just classic golden rule type stuff, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. And one of the big takeaways from that is don't judge yourself either. It Judging yourself is just like judging someone else. It is hurtful. It is negative. You put the stigma on yourself. So don't judge yourself. How many times have we done that when we judge our behavior, judge ourselves, judge what we're doing. However, there's a good way to judge what we have done and be uh, a little more aware of what's happening in our lives. But then there's the negative judgment also. So, So don't judge yourself negatively. Don't get down on yourself, just like you're not going to do it to anyone else, right? Absolutely. And, and a classic example of that is it's law of attraction. I know we've talked about this on the show before, but this is a simple, basic example that I can give through experience. If I'm on TV, right, if I'm the morning news anchor and I'm reading the stories, maybe I'm doing an interview, maybe I'm having a conversation, whatever I'm doing on air, we're human beings. So we're going to mess up. We're going to fumble a word. We're not going to be perfect. So if you go into a show and you're ripping through it and maybe you have a couple of mess up, you have a couple of flubs, whatever, if you just focus on that and you sit there judging yourself like, man, like you stunk, man, you messed it up. Come on. How could you? Then how are you ever going to come back and do better? How are you ever going to rebound from that? But if you look at yourself and be like, man, like I did that as best as I could. Yeah, I messed up a few times, but like I did it. Like I was locked in. I was in the moment and I was focused and I did it. So I guess you're still kind of looking at your performance and judging yourself, but you're not doing that negative judgment where you're focusing on everything that went wrong and how you could be better. It's like, no, I know what I did wrong. I know what I can do better next time and have that positive outlook. It's so simple. No judging yourself. Just be aware of what you're doing and know there's positives, there's negatives. It's just your mindset and how you want to move forward. 
Exactly. That is exactly right. It's just like it reminds me of dancing, Billy. When you're when you have a dance partner and you have a chore a choreographed dance, if you miss a step, you dance on. You don't stop and judge yourself right there and make a scene. No, you you keep going and you do the best that you can do. And I know dancers that do that. I was a dancer, so I remember kind of misstepping and and kind of flubbing up on the uh, choreography. However, you just keep going, and I can tell you something: the audience doesn't even know, right? It's crazy you say that, Jenny, because. I did Dancing with the Stars in Casper <laughs> uh, in 2019. Um, I did it with Esther Lange and Clint Saunders. It was a time of my life. We were the Blue Man group. And when I was out there, when I was doing some of the footwork, I thought for like a second, I was like, I think I did that wrong. Or like, I don't know if that was perfect. I was very conscious of the performance. And I know what I did right. I knew there were a few things I did wrong, but like I didn't focus on it. The whole thing ends. And everybody comes up to me like, you were the best dancer. You were crushing it. You were perfect. And in my head, I'm like, what? like I know for a fact I didn't mess or I did mess up, but like nobody caught it. And I'm like, that's right. because I didn't focus on law of attraction. I focused on, man, I crushed it. I walked off the stage knowing I crushed it and boom, everybody noticed I didn't make any mistakes, even though I did. But that's exactly what you just said. It's literally just proving the point. And as we go through this conversation, Jenny, I know we're just going to hit a lot more of the connection that we have, sharing our stories, sharing more about stigma. We really just went through some great real-life examples right there to kind of wrap up those seven things you can do to reduce stigma. We're going to go to our first commercial break. We have an ad from our local sponsor coming up right about now, but when we return, we're going to talk about more ways to fight the mental health stigma. We're going to fight this stigma. We don't want nothing to do with it, but we are going to do so when we return from this quick break. Okay, everybody, thank you so much for sticking around. We had a short couple words from our lovely local sponsors, and now we are going to continue our conversation on stigma. So, Jenny, we really hit on those seven things. We gave some great prime examples, but I now know you have some more ways to fight stigma. I, I know that you always have a lot in your tank. I know there's a lot of information you can always deliver us. So, what else can you give us? What are we missing, and what more do the people need to know? Okay, Billy. Well, before I move on, I want to I want to give a definition of stigma again, just so that everyone understands exactly what we are talking about. So stigma is a mark of disgrace that sets a person apart from others. When a person is labeled by their illness or whatever they carry with them, they are no longer seen as an individual, but as a part of a stereotyped group. Negative attitudes and beliefs towards the group that, that the person is associated with can create prejudice, which leads to negative actions and discrimination. So I was thinking about this, Billy, and do you know that a person can carry the stigma to the grave? 
you can pass away and carry that stigma with you, even even as you are not alive. And that is so tragic. That is so tragic. And not only can you carry it to the grave, but your family lives with it as they are still living. They are still living with that stigma. So stigma is such a, 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 a horrendous negative thing that we as humans uh, perpetuate on people. Um, another uh, definition, not really definition, but something else that really struck me is I read that people are responsible for perpetuating suicidal stigma. They engage in behaviors such as distress, stereotyping, shunning, and avoidance towards those that are affected by suicide. And I, my, I have many examples of that, but, and I did relay one of those in one of our prior podcasts that after the passing of our son, I was in a local grocery, and if people were there that saw me, that knew me, they would not approach me. They would actually look at me and turn around. Now, I'm not saying if if it was a stigma or if they just didn't know how to approach me because of the stigma, they did not know what to do. So stigma is is an organism that's alive and it's on people. And it, as people, we perpetuate that suicidal stigma as well as all the suicidal ideation stigmas. So um, one of the things, and I'm going to go through some things, that people have uh, written that they do to help reduce the stigma. Um, One of them is that this person fights stigma by talking openly about what they have, such as a, a mental illness, maybe bipolar or PTSD. That person talks openly on Facebook, on social media about what is going on in their life, about the issues that they are having with their problems and their mental health or their addiction or whatever it is. And that person feels like even if this helps just one person for for them to talk about it and get it out in the open, if one person is helped by this and if one person decides they're going to talk about it too, then it is worth it to that person to open up and be vulnerable and talk about their issues. And isn't that so true, Billy? That just rings true with me. Yeah, I mean, it's huge to talk openly about what you go through because it will really show people, like, you're vulnerable and you're not afraid to talk about what you're going through. And you know for a fact it's going to inspire someone else to open up, right? Right. And one of our mantras is talk saves lives. And I I wholeheartedly believe that we do need to talk about it because the more you talk about it, it becomes a daily thing. It becomes not a secret thing. And the more you keep things a secret, in my experience, the deadlier it becomes. So talking about it is so, so important. And that's why we're doing this program. 
safe talk. We are talking about it. We're not afraid to talk about it. And we're going to talk about it even when we're not on the program. I know you do. I know I do. And I hope we encourage everyone to continue to talk about it, no matter where they are or who they're with. So another uh, thing that someone has shared is that this person takes every opportunity to educate people and share their their personal story and their struggles with whatever is plaguing them, such as mental illness or addiction or alcoholism or any any of those life challenges that cause suicidal ideations because there are many, many, many more things other than the things that I am talking about right now. There is divorce. There is moving for children, moving uh, from one school to the other when a child is established in a school and they have to move with their family out of town to another school, that, believe it or not, causes children uh, and young adults to think about suicide. Uh, it depresses them. It is challenging for them. They don't know what to expect. Uh, and that age of kids is is so uh, vulnerable. Um, kids and they're going through the hormonal stage and all this type of thing. Moving is a big, fat deal to them. So we need to educate ourselves on the struggles that people are having with their own issues. And this person, when they hear, when they're listening or they overhear a conversation someone else may be having, or a remark that's not, um, that's kind of rude, being made about whatever this person's issue is, maybe it's mental illness or a similar subject, that person tries to use that opportunity as a learning tool. And that person will gently, the words are gently intervene and kindly express how that makes them feel and how they need to understand that there are challenges to mental illness and challenges to addiction and divorce and all these things are challenges and people need to be educated on that because if they haven't lived it if you're listening to a conversation with between people who haven't lived addiction who haven't lived mental illness they have absolutely no idea what a challenge that is don't don't you believe that i mean if i had not if we had not lost our son i would i would have no idea what a challenge suicide is in our family or a challenge mental illness is or addiction do you, I, do do, do my do my words kind of hit home with you billy yeah i think you have to learn through experience i mean it's pretty brutal that that's the way reality is, but you kind of have to accept that. And now that you've experienced it, you have so much knowledge because you've been studying it, you've been around it, you've been trying to find answers and trying to give it to the other people, give it to our listeners, give it to viewers, give it to people who are a part of the Facebook page, the nonprofit, the organization. So once you learn through experience, you know, now we can deliver some knowledge and we can kind of also understand maybe what other people are going through because we all go through 
something tough. We all have to go through a lot of mental just disaster. And, you know, I, I, I think we've talked about this last time, but, you know, I make music now. I make rap music. And one of my lines in my songs called Leave the Pack, it reads, we all got anxiety. It's a blessing and a curse. If you don't talk about it, everything going to get worse. Take care of your mental. Don't be embarrassed. Connecting over pain, those relations are the rarest. So everybody has their anxiety. We got to talk about it more. If you don't, things are going to get worse. You got to take care of yourself. And then you're going to find the right people who have also maybe been through similar situations where they experience that emotional pain that can really potentially lead to suicide, potentially lead to some harsh paths if you don't get the right help. So, you know, I totally understand we have to learn through everything and then we can share with others, but you're right on. Yeah, and I I love those words, Billy, because it we are speaking there to the people that may be living these challenges or the people like myself that have lost some, someone and are trying to understand it and are trying to educate ourselves and be more gentle with with the general public. And I, I just love your words because they do hit home. They're real words. They're words that will encourage people, words that you know, people may look at you and think, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. You know, he's never been judged and this and that. But your words say differently. Your words say that you understand. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate uh, you and all of our listeners being vulnerable and speaking out and talking and maybe talking to us even on our on our platforms that we have given at the beginning of each podcast. So, so with that, before we go into another break, um, that when we come back, uh, Billy, I'm going to be talking about language. How's that? A little language talk. When we return from the commercial break, we are very much looking forward to that. But for right now, here it is a word from our Okay, Jenny, we are now back from that brief commercial break. We've talked a lot more about stigma. There's really nothing to run out. I mean, we really can just go deeper and deeper in this. And <laughs> yeah. It's great to talk about it because the stigma is, the, I think, arguably the greatest root of everything when it comes to stigma because everybody gets so concerned about you know do people think this of me do they think I'm this because of what I did and we want to remove that we don't want to have anything to do with it we talked about you know the seven obviously talking openly about your mental health educating yourself is very key but now you want to talk more about being conscious of language so what does that really mean Jenny and how can you really explain this for us? So what we need people to know is that their language matters. A negative, positive, stigmatizing, whatever it is, 
that language matters. And just like we talked about throwing out those stigmas, those leeches that get on people, we have to use, the only way that can happen is through our language and our voice inflections and our, you know, let's throw behavior in there too. But it is, it is so easy to um, use certain challenges as adjectives. And let me explain that. I had to look that up too. But let's say you're using a mental health condition as an adjective. So you're saying that um, that adjective, that mental health issue is describing the qualities or the states of a person. So you're saying she's an addict. He has a mental illness. He took his life. So you you're describing that person and using their challenge as an adjective. And in doing so, you're not um, speaking to the person as a whole. You are speaking to that stigma that you have just thrown on that person. And so, you know, we, we have a stigma. We have people that say, oh, she her son took his life. And her son um, committed suicide. Now, let me stop right there. Let me throw this in. I try to educate people to please do not use the word commit when we're talking about suicide. Commit is, it kind of, it's used in perpetrating a crime. They committed burglary. They committed rape. They committed whatever it is, murder. So commit is not a gentle word. And and what I'm saying is when a person passes away from cancer, do we say, oh, they committed cancer? Um, they committed lung disease? They committed whatever it may be, what they passed from? They committed a car accident? No, we do not say that. And that is one huge word that lends to the stigma of suicide and it it is when people use that word it it is like a knife going into the living person's heart because my son did not commit suicide he ended his life he took his life and we won't go into why or anything like that but but the word committed, using committed suicide, is harsh. It is very harsh. Am I explaining that right? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I totally get it. It makes perfect sense. And I honestly never really thought of it that way in my entire life. But the way you phrase it, um, I think that's very important that people are aware of this. I think that's great. Yeah, and that so – in my travels, I I try to always, always, always bring that up when people uh, say that or, you know, when we have a loss in town or whatever they may be, I always try to educate. There's that education piece again. I always try to educate them on, on using a different type of a description instead of commit. And so... Um, I say you can you can indicate they took their life, um, they they ended their life, what, whatever it may be. 
without using the word commit. So there, that's that language piece again, because when you say they committed suicide, it, it you're describing them with an adjective, and that's their your their description of that person, and that's just not that's not right, and that's not fair to that person that is gone from us, and that's what I mean by that 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 stigma can go with a person to their grave. They don't have to be living to carry that stigma. It it can follow them to their grave, sadly. So another thing that people do is when people understand the facts about a mental illness, and this is just one one um, description of mental illness, that they they need to understand it's a disease. It's it's a disease in your brain. It's an illness in your brain. Your brain is an organ, just like any other organ in your body is an organ. It needs a blood flow. It needs oxygen. It needs all those things to be healthy. And so people need to understand that there there is equality between a physical illness and a mental illness. Um, I like to remind people that they wouldn't make fun of someone that had a physical illness, such as cancer or heart disease or lung disease or migraines or pain or anything else that is going on in their body. You would not, you would not make fun of that. You would not put them down for that. You would not talk negatively for that. And Mental illness is exactly what it says. It's an illness in your brain, and it should be treated equally, equally with a physical illness. A mental illness can be treated with um, uh, brain exercises or medication or therapy, just like a physical illness can be treated. It, it is so important for people to understand that it's it's just another part of your body that is not functioning properly. Just like um, if you had um, arrhythmia or you had uh, a sore shoulder or you had to have surgery on your knees or something. It's just another part of your body that needs attention like the rest of your body. I'm just, I am very adamant about that. And I, if people would think about that before they say anything regarding a mental illness or an addiction or um, and alcoholism or anything like that. They're all um, illnesses that can be treated and they shouldn't be treated any more negatively than a regular physical illness. Um, have you ever had that happen? Do you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah, I mean, when when someone has an illness that, you know, they can't control that might be cancer. It might be whatever it could be. Hey, you're not being a jerk about it. You're not going to put them down. If anything, you're going to be pretty compassionate. You know, if someone is hurting through cancer, everybody I know is going to be like, oh, you know, if you ever need anything, you know, I'm feeling for you, good vibes. You're going to be very supportive. There's going to be a lot of love there. So, 
if you have that same type of deal, but now it's mental and it's, you know, whatever mental disease it might be, no one's going to make fun of you for that. No one should be a jerk about it. It should be treated the same way because an illness is an illness, whether it's physical, whether it's mental. And you have to believe, like, okay, I'm mentally ill. I'm, I'm going through something. Like, this happens to everybody. I just got to talk about it. But unfortunately, I think a lot of people don't talk about it because it's viewed as weak or embarrassing or mm-hmm. are you kidding me? That's a joke. It's, it's terrible because like, it doesn't matter if you're the top celebrity in sports or music or you're the coolest kid in high school or you're this superstar cheerleader in college. It, it doesn't matter who you are. You're going through something. So if you're sitting there thinking, oh, my God, I'm so mentally ill, this is so embarrassing. Not that you're going to compare yourself to anybody, but just know that everybody out there is feeling some type of way about themselves, kind of like you are. So just embrace it, know it's a part of life, and when you handle it with class and you handle it with professionalism and the right people, you're going to get cured. Like you always say, like we always say, talk saves lives. So I think honing in on that is a very important topic. I'm glad you brought that up. Both both this and language, I really didn't know too much about. And I'm glad I didn't because now I learned and I'm grateful to have learned. And this is great stuff, Jenny. I'm grateful to hear all of this. Yeah, it's it's awesome stuff and it's things that people need to hear and people need to hear over and over and over again. And I, I think the more they hear it, the less stigma will have any hold on us. And we will understand and we'll be able to, you know, I, I hear people all the time talking about, oh, I have to have surgery on my shoulder. I have a rotator cuff toward and the other person oh i've had that before and you know they talk about it normally it's just it's a part of life and they're not afraid to talk about it or share their experiences about what's going on in their body and and it 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 helps the other person it actually helps helps each other knowing okay what were your symptoms okay how did you handle it and all of that kind of stuff and it's the same thing with a mental illness or anything else that plagues us as human beings. We need to talk about it and share it and say, this is what happened to me. This is how I'm dealing with it. And bounce that back and forth on each other and just be open about it. And it's not absolutely nothing that there should be any shame, which is attached to a stigma, you know, or anything like that. So, um, Going forth into the next episode, I want people to remember and think about this, that that a physical illness and a mental illness should be treated equally in your um, education, in your language, in your compassion, in your talking. It should all be treated equally. There should no be, uh, there, there should not be any, anything is worse than one thing. Mental illness is not worse than any other physical illness. They should all be treated equally. And if everybody will remember that and exercise that and practice that into our next episode, we're going to have more great information for them. 
Let's do it. We're always hitting them with the facts. We're always hitting them with what they need to hear because this can really change and save lives. It is literally so important. This is safe talk. This is us. This is a very, very open environment. We want to hear from you. We want to be there for you. We want to support you. We want to treat you the way you want to be treated because that's how we want our lives to be. We want to be treated the way we are treating others, and we are going to continue to give off those good vibes through this Safe Talk program. So, Jenny, again, brilliant information. So thankful I got to be on the other line of this. And I know for a fact all the listeners, they're going home with something special out of this episode. Great job, and we're going to see you for our next episode coming out in a couple of weeks. Well, I'm excited, Billy, to talk to you again and to visit with everyone that's joining us. Everyone have a great, great life until we talk to you again. Beautiful, beautiful. See you later, Jenny. Bye-bye, Billy. You've been listening to JR's Hunt for Life Suicide Prevention Podcast Safe Talk with Jenny Hunter and Billy Floyd where there are no judgments and talk saves lives. Jenny Hunter is the founder of JR's Hunt for Life, a suicide prevention nonprofit movement offering hope and support globally. I'm Billy Floyd. I'm a podcast host, a media broadcaster, and most importantly, a positive influencer. Sounds of Soul Music is courtesy of Fearless Motivation. Find out more about JR's Hunt for Life at jrshuntforlife.org.